I feel blessed as ever been. I'm the best I've ever been. So if they ask you how I feel, what's up? I'ma tell you I feel amazing. I feel blessed as ever been. I'm the best. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, how y'all doing today on this Friday? Friday the 13th out of all days, but I am here, the playmakers here, down there, silence in the building from Jacksonville, Florida, bringing you Burn Down the Gridiron. We have some things to talk about because last week, something interesting took place last week that I got to discuss, and we got a good week today. The Pac-12 is going to shine bright this week because they do have the game of the weekend, our conference, and I can't wait to preview that game. But nevertheless, I am here. Thank you for watching the reviews on X or formerly known as Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, or YouTube. Thank you for checking in. Thank you for tuning in. I am here. I'm ready to rock and roll. And let's get to it because uh, we got some things to discuss today. And y'all know the fourth order of business. We got to go with the two-minute drill. And to begin two-minute drill, Kansas quarterback Jalen Daniels doubtful for the game against Oklahoma State. That could be a big blow. But we did see the backup for Kansas come in against UCF and did and handle his stand against the UCF Knights. But nevertheless, we are talking about Oklahoma State, who has been a subpar team this year. And then they trying to turn it around. They got a big win a week ago. So we're going to see how Kansas looks. Going into this game, I believe that game is in uh, Lawrence, Kansas, if I do recall. Uh, let me get that time for you for tomorrow. Uh, hold on. Uh, we have Note Nedison, Stillwater, Oklahoma on FS1 330. The Jayhawks are trying to go 6-1 and one with the Cowboys of Oklahoma State trying to go 4-2. and two. We'll just see how that goes. With Kansas State not having a starting quarterback for them this weekend. Sticking with injuries inside the Big 12, TCU's quarterback, Chandler Moore's knee, likely to miss multiple games. It's not have been a good year for the TCU Horn Frogs. Coming off the national championship appearance a year ago, had a lot of people leave, including quarterback Max Duggan. And it's been rough, okay? It's been rough for the Horn Frogs. They are currently sitting, uh, let me see. They are currently three and three on the year, one and two in conference play. They lost to, obviously, we know they lost to Colorado to open up the season. But in conference play, they have taken L's to West Virginia and Iowa State. They have BYU. This come they have BYU tomorrow at home, 3:30 on ESPN. Following that, you're talking at Kansas State, at Texas Tech before Texas comes in on November 11. So this has been a rough, been a rough go for the Horn Frogs of TCU trying to show off that national championship appearance, which is not doing a good job of. 
But for quarterback Jalen Daniel and Chandler Moss, we hope for a speedy recovery with both guys being injured and both Kansas and TCU having to start backup quarterbacks beginning this weekend. All right, moving on to our next topic. Ohio State running back Travon Henderson expected to play against Purdue. That is a big, that is a big get back for the Ohio State as they are traveling to West West Lafayette this weekend for a 12 for a 12 o'clock game against the Purdue Boilermakers. Those of you who have been following the Big Ten and also follow Ohio State, y'all know anytime Ohio State goes into West Lafayette, they have a hard time with the Boilermakers even one point. The Boilermakers upset them when they was the number one team in the country. However, they might have gave Ohio State an opportunity. Because when Ohio State got upset by Purdue that year, it was a night game. This is not a night game. This is a noon game right after college game day on Peacock. I believe that would be enough for Ohio State to come out here, do what they need to do, handle business, get to 6-0 as the number three team in the land. But don't be surprised if Purdue comes out here, plays some ball, against the uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes because when it comes to Ohio State, Purdue loves to show up for this one, and they show up big time. So we'll see how that goes. But they are getting – well, Ohio State is getting their started running back back, so that should be good news for them. All right, two more to go. All right, Colorado's wide receiver slash DB Travis Hunter could play Friday against Stanford. We do have an update on that. He will be playing tonight's game. Because I have the updated article. It says here, Travis Hunter likely in on snap count. Colorado two-way star Travis Hunter remains on track to play Friday against Stanford. Staff will keep an eye on him pregame to make sure he's ready. Hunter, a cornerback and wide receiver who sustained a lacerated liver September 16 against Colorado State, has been cleared to play and has been practicing. He remains on target to play on both offense and defense. Source said his snap count will be monitored and that he is not expected to come close to the huge number of snaps he had in the first two games. We're talking about 100 and something snaps. So, no, you got to keep that the way it is, okay? But it's good that he's going to be back. And for those of you who look at that, it's tonight, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, 10 p.m. ESPN, Stanford at Colorado, down in Boulder, Colorado. Good opportunity for the cap for the for the Buffaloes to get the five and two on the season. Stanford haven't been the same since the Christian McCaffrey uh Andrew Luck days. It's been nothing but terrible season after terrible season after terrible season. Ever since Chris McCaffrey and Andrew Luck left Stanford, it's been for the Stanford Cardinals. Uh, ESPN gives the Buffaloes an 80% chance to win tonight. Vegas says 12 and a half in favor of the Buffaloes at home. So there you go. That's tonight's game. Uh, that is my PV for tonight's game. I do believe Buffalo should take care of business, get the five and two. They should not, they shouldn't even struggle with Stanford. I don't see any reason for Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes to struggle with Stanford because Stanford has not been the same, like I said, since the glory days of Andrew Luck and Christian McCaffrey. So 
keep it moving. Buffalo, do what you got to do. Get this win. Get the five and zero. And get the five and two. And you'll win away from being bowl eligible. And what a season this has been for Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffalo turned from one and eleven to being bowl eligible just by winning two more games, starting with one tonight against Stanford. And lastly on the docket, more sleep on the menu as Gators eye ways to fight road issues. As a Gator fan, this is very interesting. Because you're telling me we're going to change it up. And one part of changing it up is for my Gators to get more sleep. Very, very interesting, okay? So we're going to get more sleep. That's what you're telling me. We're going to try that. Travel to the road site early. Let the players get more sleep. Maybe you can be more focused and be more competitive. Because we have not been competitive on the road. We have been looking awful on the road. So you need to do something, okay? And those of you who don't recall, let me give you the reason why I am like this when it comes to this article about the Florida Gators. So those of you, Gators are 4-2, okay? You lost to Utah opening day in Salt Lake City, 24-11. Didn't look impressive whatsoever. Even though Utah didn't dominate the game, you didn't look impressive. Or Utah just played that game, and people want to give them the credit for looking dominant when it was pretty much the Florida Gators looking terrible, okay? You go home, you take care of Mini State, you upset 11, then ranked 11 Tennessee at home, you beat Charlotte at home, then you go to Kentucky. And then when you go to Kentucky, you let a man by the name of Ray Davis run for 280 yards and four touchdowns and a 33 to 14 ass whooping in Lesson, Kentucky. When we was then ranked 22nd in the country. This can't happen. Follow that up. You go home and you put the beating on Vanderbilt the way you're supposed to for homecoming, 38 to 24. So now we're going to try something different. We are at South Carolina, 3:30 on the SEC network. Do not go into Columbia, South Carolina, and look like hard garbage again on the road. Okay. The crazy thing is ESPN has South Carolina favorite at at 57 and a half favorite to beat us. A two and three team is favorite to beat us, and we're a four and two. I'm gonna need Billy Napier to bring this to the bulletin board. ESPN believes South Carolina's gonna beat us. And Spencer Rattler has done pretty well, I can say. You know. Going for over 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns, three interceptions. But why is they favorable for us? They shouldn't be favorable for us. So, and even Vegas are giving Vegas, and even Vegas is giving South Carolina two points over us. So we need to send a message because uh, who has South Carolina beat? They lost to North Carolina in open the season. They beat Fremont, which you should have to do. You went to Georgia, you lost by 10. You beat Mississippi State, okay, and then you got smacked by Tennessee. So. Basically, you're the same as Florida. You can, you can defend home turf, but you can lose on the road. And if I look at this, 
We average more yards than South Carolina. And we give up less yards than South Carolina. Everything should point to Florida, but yet ESPN and Vegas are saying South Carolina. Billy Napier, they don't trust you. They don't like you. So guess what you need to do? You need to go into Columbia, South Carolina. You need to bust the king cars in their goddamn mouth and send a message. Okay? Especially now because uh, we are two weeks away from that game. Two weeks away. Two weeks away from that game right here in Jacksonville, Florida, with you-know-who that is the number one team in back-to-back national champions. This week, before we go on our bye week, you need to punch the game cards in a bleeping mouth, send a message, going into our bye week next week before you come here to Duval County to play that game against that number one team in the country. This is what you have to do. You have, you have to do this. You cannot lose to South Carolina. If you lose to South Carolina, don't even show up to Jacksonville. Don't show up to Jacksonville. I don't care. Do not lose to South Carolina. All right? And that is the two-minute drill. All right, we're going to take a break. Then when we come back, we're going to recap the week. It's going to be a short recap. There's only one thing I need to discuss, but I will discuss it. We'll be back after this. The Playmakers Blog is sponsored by Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, mountains of entertainment. So much, so much to stream from shows and movies you can only catch here on Paramount Plus, whether it be from CBS, BET, Comedy Central, Liquid Loading, and so much more. The new home of Showtime. Watch Showtime original series, movies, and sports when you sign up for Paramount Plus with Showtime. Catch exclusive originals from Paramount Plus such as Star Trek, Strange Wars, The Family Stallones, Halo, and so much more. You also can stream live sports like NFL on CBS, the UEFA Champions League, the Masters, and the SEC on CBS. Paramount Plus, you can stream up to three devices when you create an account. So Paramount Plus, plan starts at $5.99. If you hit that link below, you can get a free trial. Paramount Plus, mountains of entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Into the Net FC. Killing Mbappe just all of a sudden finally understood his role, and I think he finally understood that everything Killing Mbappe has accomplished already, you know, there is still a hell of a lot waiting for him in the future. Killing Mbappe is only 24 years old. He has accomplished so much, and you know what? Kylian Mbappe has not even reached his prime. Finally seeing, you know, the Marcus Rashford we have been hoping for for such a long time, you know. But, you know, this game, you know, after after everything Manchester United has been, you know, doing lately, you know, th this was actually the ultimate test, you know, to see if Manchester United, you know, all, honestly was all of a sudden for real. I, I explain this. The United States, maybe they have to suffer this loss as a lesson to learn to prepare for the future. Because four years from now, the World Cup is in not one, not two, but three countries. The United States of America, Canada, and Mexico. 
Into the NetFC is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. And welcome back to Bear Down and Great Iron, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Shout out to Paramount Plus. I uh, actually love Paramount Plus. Love that. Uh, for only $6 a month, you can stream all types of stuff that you've seen on Paramount Plus. And for $12 a month, you can add Showtime. So you're looking at another system, you can add Showtime with your account with Paramount Plus. Shout out to my man, Alex Akazai, into the net LC, one of the best soccer shows in the land today. Man's doing phenomenal things, talking soccer. All right. Now we got that out the way. We had to uh, recap the weekend. That was it's gonna be one of the shortest recaps I have ever done when doing bearing down the ground because everything went according to plan as it should. But we're gonna recap it anyway. And as you see, Ohio State took care of business at home, thirty-seven to seventeen against Maryland, giving Maryland their first loss on the year. The Red River rivalry, the Red River shootout, whatever you want to call it, thirty-four thirty. Oklahoma over Texas in a battle of unbeatens in, in a top 15 matchup. I will get to that in a minute. LSU bounce back in Columbia, Missouri to take down once upon unde- the undefeated Tigers of Missouri, 49-39. The score does not indicate how much closer that game is because of a late pick six. Puts the game to a 10-point lead for LSU. Good bounce back win for the Tigers and Brian Kelly. First defeat for the Missouri Tigers. Heartbreaker that is. Alabama goes on the road to College Station and takes down Texas A&M 2620. Jimbo Fisher. Mm-hmm. Jimbo Fisher. He had opportunities. He had he had opportunities. Jimbo had opportunities. But he wanted to play with conservative. And when you play conservative against Alabama, you get beat. He played conservative. He didn't take shots on. He didn't take some chances on fourth downs. I said short on short fourth downs at that. Uh, you know, like a fourth and three or fourth and one. He didn't take chances. He decided to punt the ball, and Texas A&M just couldn't keep. Just couldn't catch Alabama completely. So Alabama five and one on the year. A&M four and two. L.A., where the UCLA Bruins got a big win over 13-ranked Washington State Cougars, 25-17. Um, Washington State scored 17 points in the first half. The Cougars of Washington State scored 17 points in the first half. Which means... UCLA scored the rest, pretty much the rest of the points, and was the only team to score in the second half. If I were looked at this correctly, which I'm going to go back and look at, we're talking. It was pretty much. Now, so I take that back. It was 17 to 12 past the midway point in the third quarter for the Cougars. And then the UCLA Bruins wrecked off 13 straight. And you and the Washington State couldn't do nothing else. It was yeah. Congratulations to Chip Kelly. Then we talking uh Joy. The best game. 
the absolute best game that our national defending champions played this season at home against a ranked opponent in the Kentucky Rapids, the University of Georgia, put the brakes on the Kentucky Wildcats. It was pretty much it was done after the first quarter. It was 14 after the first quarter, then it became 21 nothing in the second quarter. And then before you knew it, it became 34-7 at halftime. Kentucky had no answers for Georgia. They couldn't stop Georgia doing anything. Manly, Brock Bowers. That dude is becoming a beast yet again. Seven catches, 132 yards, one touchdown catch. Marcus Ransley Jackson. Four catches, 99 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, Carson Beck threw for almost 400 yards, four touchdowns. It was it was domination by the Georgia Bulldogs on every level, offense, defense, special teams, you name it. Kentucky coming off that big win over Florida, had to go, had to go over the hedges to Athens, and they did not show up whatsoever. Georgia put their foot in their ass and left it there. So shout out to the Georgia Bulldogs looking like the number one team in the country, finally. Now, let me get to this Red River shootout because this is the interesting part, ladies and gentlemen. So the Texas Longhorns, they went up 30 to 27 with about a minute and 17 left in the game. So what you see here, it is the last drive of the Oklahoma Sooners here. Down three. And this is what the Sooners did. Down three, ladies and gentlemen. Look at this drive. So they kicked it off. It was a touchback, all right? Dylan Gabriel completes pass to Drake Stoops for 11 yards. First down. Second play, Dylan Gabriel completes pass to Jalen Farouk, 16 yards. Dylan Gabriel completes pass to Drake Stoops, 28 yards. Dylan Gabriel, incomplete pass to Anderson. Pass interference called on Texas. Ball moves to the 14-yard line of Texas. Dylan Gabriel wants three yards to the Texas three. Dylan Gabriel, complete pass to Nick Anderson for three yards touchdown with the extra point. Uh, first down play, first down play, first down play, first down play, first down play. And a second down play. The Oklahoma Sooners didn't see a third down or a fourth down on their final drive. Of the... I'm going to say that again. The Oklahoma Sooners did not see a third down nor a fourth down on their final drive of this game. To beat the Texas Longhorns 34 to 30. What a difference a year make. Remember, Dylan Gabriel didn't play in last year's game when Oak when Texas put stomped a moho in Oklahoma and walked the drive to a tune of 49 to 0. 49 to 0. Last year. No Dylan Gabriel at quarterback. Going into the year. People wanted to see Texas, you know, run the conference, run the division, because, you know, they, they're sending out and all the hype is surrounding the Texas Longhorns. 
Nobody was talking about Oklahoma. Nobody was talking about Oklahoma. Oklahoma's in the background. Nah, y'all, y'all had y'all shot. Texas is on the rise now. They'll get it done. But lo and behold, Oklahoma. I want y'all to know, those of you who didn't recall, I picked OU to win this game. Remember? I picked OU to win this game, for those of you who don't recall. Why did I pick OU to win this game? So let me show you why. I picked OU to win this game. For those of you who probably don't remember, I picked OU to win the conference. Because how fitting is it? All the talk is around Texas. Matter of fact, if I remember correctly, I believe Oklahoma was picked fourth in the conference. If I remember I think Oklahoma was picked fourth. I think Oklahoma was picked fourth to fin- was picked to finish fourth in the conference. If I, if I remember correctly, if my memory serves me correctly. Because I keep because you know I like to keep up with stuff like this. Yeah, so the pick third. Texas had got 41 votes. Texas State got 14 votes. Oklahoma and Texas State both got four votes. Talking around wanting around Oklahoma is around Texas. And I'm like, how fitting would it be? How fitting would it be if the Oklahoma students remind everybody who actually owns the state of the Big 12 before it exiting out? But everybody's looking at Texas and say, what if OU does it? And then I picked OU to win that game because that was my pick to win the conference. Oklahoma, 34. Texas, 30. Say I'm on track to be right about who's leaving the Big 12 on top. Now they got to finish the job, but this is a good way to do it. Very good way to do it. So shout out to the Oklahoma Sooners for Handling business, okay? Handling business. Now, let me take this down real quick because I'm about to address something right here, okay? And I'm about to address the stupidity of how a team lost the game when they had victory in their hands. Literally, victory was in their hands. There was nothing that another team could do to win the game. Literally, nothing. And yet, that other team found a way to win the game. Ladies and gentlemen, Let's go down to Miami. Let's go down to Miami. You see this right here? Georgia Tech 23, Miami Hurricanes 20. Now, if you haven't been paying attention from this past Saturday up to now, let me help you out. Miami was in control, as you can see. At one point, G Tech had Georgia Tech had a lead at 14 to 10. Then it became 20 to 14. And then it became 20 to 16. No, 20 to 17. 20 to 17, because they kicked the field goal.
Y'all see this right here, right? But, but before y'all get before I get to that, I have to show y'all something because the stupidity of Mario Crystal Ball is amazing. I have to show y'all this because this this is like the dumbest thing I've ever seen happen in the sport of football. Now, if I can find it, I should have put it on the slate, but I didn't. Because it, it is dumbfounded. Because I don't, I, 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 I don't understand. I just don't understand. Uh, I can't see it right now. All right. Because how do you lose this game? Okay, I can't find it like I want to. Look, Mario Crystal Ball and the Miami Hurricanes had 45 seconds on the clock. Georgia Tech had no timeouts. No freaking timeouts. Matter of fact, I have it on my phone. I don't know if y'all be able to see it on my phone. Let's see. Let's try this. Hold on. I want y'all to look at that. 34 seconds on the clock. Miami is up 20 to 17. And they're in freaking shotgun. They're in shotgun. This is, my, you can see it. Georgia Tech has no timeouts. Georgia Tech has not one freaking timeout. But Mark Kisball has his offense in shotgun. With 34 seconds left. The running back fumbles the freaking ball. And Georgia Tech gets the ball. At their 26-yard line. And this is the final drive of the whole entire game. First down at the Georgia Tech 26. Haynes King passing complete. Second and 10 at the 26 of Georgia Tech. Haynes King complete pass to Malik Rutherford for 30 yards to the Miami 44. First down. First and 10 at the Miami 44. As King, incomplete pass, but he actually spiked it, to be honest. Second and 10 at the Miami 44. Haynes King, complete pass to Christian Larry, 44 yards for a touchdown, two-point conversion fails. Don't matter because the Miami Hurricanes lost to the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. These dudes went 74 yards in 20 five seconds all because you had all you had to do was kneel on the freaking ball to win the game but no mario cristobal he didn't say kneel he says let's get a shotgun let's do this hold on let me see if i can show you let's do this let's do this right here let's get a shotgun let's want to play it's only 24 seconds left 
Georgia Tech has no timeouts. That's what he wanted to do. And you lost the game for being for being idiotic, for being stupid, for being an idiot, for being every goddamn thing in a freaking book. It's freaking retarded to lose a game like that. It really is. And it I'm not even a hurricane fan, but stupid stuff like that it really pisses me off. Because the game was in your freaking hands and you blew it because you had to be a dumbass. A dumbass of a coach. And the crazy part is, this ain't the first time he did it at Oregon too. I ain't even look back to see what he did at Oregon. Because I don't even remember that he did it in Oregon. But the simple fact, 34 seconds, no timeouts for the opponent, and you won the ball instead of taking knee. And then this the result of it. You fumble the ball, you give Georgia Tech one more drive, and this is the drive that they did. To beat you in your own building. Your own building. Idiotic. Don't make no damn sense. Don't make no sense. This is the second week in a row that I had to deal with something in the state of Florida of stupidity of not showing up. For whatever the case may be. Last week I had to deal with Florida getting their ass whooped in by the Kentucky Rocket. And I had to deal with, with freaking UCF blowing a 28-point lead in the third quarter to lose to Baylor. Now I'm dealing with Miami. Don't know how to kneel, kneel on the ball with the game in hand. To lose to Georgia Tech. The stupidity that's going on in the state of Florida boggles me right now. While Florida State is up there inside, it hasn't having a ball because they're undefeated ranked in the top five in the country. And they are licking their chops this Saturday with Syracuse coming in to Doak Campbell Stadium. Just idiotic, man. Idiotic. That's the great iron. We'll take our second break, and then when we come back, we're going to go on the campus tour. And this campus tour, going to be heavy with the pet. We got some pet targets to spotlight on this one. We'll be back. Welcome to Ringside Chaos, the professional wrestling discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. The only professional wrestling podcast in the world where pro wrestling is discussed passionately, with confidence, with great knowledge, and most of all, in the most sophisticated way. So brace yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, because chaos is about to be unleashed. thing with Tony Khan now being in talks to WWE, I'm going to be honest with you. I spoke to this with Ricky Litwinkowicz, a.k.a. the Master of Mayhem, and he honestly believes that me talking about Tony Khan buying WWEs and basically I'm kind of wasting my time because Ricky believes it's never going to happen. Okay. Now I now don't get me wrong, Ricky, I respect his I respect what he says. He's he could very well be correct, but I got to be honest with you, the fact that Khan is interested in supposedly buying WWE, I mean, to me that's definitely worth talking about. Now, <laughs> now, I should mention this. Shout out to Ricky, by the way. And I got to mention this, that even Jim Cornette already had something to say. And he said, and I quote, ridiculous to think that could happen, unquote. <laughs> a wrestling fan that's been super supportive of Brody Lee as a wrestler and everything that WWE could have done with him and, you know, everything that he could have shown and, you know, offered for the wrestling business. You know, for me, I, ju- I wasn't just a fan of Brody Lee himself, like in character. I strongly respected him, you know, as a human being. Like, I had a lot of respect for Jonathan Huber. You know, that's Mr. Brody Lee's real name. So, basically, 
I had a lot of respect for Brody Lee, Luke Harper, and of course, Mr. Jonathan Huber. This particular episode was about world-class championship wrestling. And the episode title is, you know, WCCW Wrestling's Lone Star Legacy. And because I am the Bear of Texas, and I do hail from the Dallas-Fort Worth area of the state of Texas, world-class championship wrestling was basically my territory as far as being a wrestling fan goes. Ladies and gentlemen, Ringside Chaos is available on all streaming platforms including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. The Playmakers Bar is proudly sponsored by Fanatics. Fanatics, the number one shop where sports fans across the world love to get their sports gear and fan them all. A wide selection of gears from every league, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, the NCAA, and of course, the WWE. But it is football, basketball, baseball, hockey, even soccer, golf, no matter what sport it is, there is sports appeal for every fan of every sport. Fanatics, with sports fan shop and efficient license everything. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Bear Down the Gridiron. Needed a break. Uh, what you saw there, Ringside Chaos, one of the top wrestling shows in the country. I was like, that's another show that he does. Uh, so shout out to Fanatics. So finish license everything. Get all your sports gear. College, NFL, NBA, Major League, NHL, golf, whatever the case may be. Soccer. Get it with Fanatics.com. Finish license everything. All right. Now it's time for a trip around the country to spotlight the top games of the weekend. And we, we go campus tour. And to begin my campus tour, tomorrow, 4 p.m. on Fox, we go to a Big Ten country, Madison, Wisconsin, where the Iowa Hawkeyes will do battle with the Wisconsin Badgers, a big one in the Big Ten because in the West, these two teams are at the top right now. It is a battle to see who will be on top of the West. Let me go to the standings here and show you where we are at right now between as of right now, Wisconsin is 2-0 in conference play. Iowa State 2-1 with Wisconsin 4-1 overall. Iowa 5-1 overall. This game is a big one in the Big Ten West. Whoever walks out of Madison, Wisconsin, with a W, will be in prime position to reach the Big Ten championship game down in Indianapolis, Indiana. 4 p.m. on Fox. Moving right along, let's go for Madison, Wisconsin. Let's head to Lexington, Kentucky, ladies and gentlemen. Two teams are coming off heartbreaking losses, disrespectful losses, if you're the Kentucky Wildcats, who got stumped and, mo and mollywhopped by the Georgia Bulldogs and the Missouri Tigers coming off a heartbreaking loss to the LSU Tigers at home. Uh, Missouri no longer ranked. Kentucky ranked 24. This is a big one. Which team, which team can bounce back from a loss between the Tigers and the Wildcats? I like this game right here in the East. Both teams are pretty much one game back behind Georgia Bulldogs with Missouri not having to face Georgia yet. Kentucky already took that loss, so we have pretty much 
three teams right now that are looking to catch Georgia, and yet the East is still up for grabs because Georgia hasn't faced it. Georgia has not faced Missouri yet. They have not faced Florida yet. And they haven't faced Tennessee yet. So the East is still open for for, for the time being, even though we all predicted and know that Georgia will somehow somewhere win the SEC East anyway. But for the time being, that day has not come yet. So 7-3rd on the SEC Network, Kentucky, Missouri, Lessons in Kentucky. From Lessons in Kentucky, we head up to... South Bend, Indiana, 7.30, NBC, a renewal of a rivalry. Number 10, the USC Trojans taking on 21st rank, the Notre Dame Fighting Others. USC comes in the building 6-0, ladies and gentlemen. 6-0. Ladies and gentlemen, the... Fighting Netters are looking to bounce back from a heartbreaking and embarrassing loss to the Louisville Cardinals over a week ago. How would things go now that it doesn't matter now? Two big games for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Two losses. You lost at home to the Ohio State Buckeyes when you was in control for most of the game. You went to Louisville to take on the Cardinals. You took an L, 33 to 20. You did go on the road and you beat Duke in a big game with College Game Bay there. But so far, you're one, two in big games. You have another one. And this one is at home against an undefeated USC team who was favored to win the Pac 12. They look on track. Because that offense is ridiculous, but that defense is very terrible. That defense is terrible. That defense of the Trojans give out 421 yards a game. That is terrible. But the offense for the Trojans, led by Keller Williams, who is the reigning defender Heisman Trophy winner, averaging over 523 yards a game. Could this be the time for Marcus Freeman to get himself a major win? When number 10 comes walking in, because Vegas has two and a half favorite of the fighting others. And ESPN has it 62% in favor of the fighting others. So with the fighting others, peaceable eyes to the occasion, and take down the Trojans of USC. From South Bend, we go to oh, Chapel Hill. It is 7.30 ESPN, ACC matchup, 25 rank. The Miami Hurricanes somehow is still ranked in the top 25 despite that horrible loss to the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Now they got to go on the road to bounce back to number 12, North Carolina, 7.30 ABC, Chapel Hill. ESPN says 61, Tar Heels. Vegas says a field goal, Tar Heels. Now, you got two teams here, both averaging 500 yards a game. Miami's 505, well, 506, if you want to round up. And Miami's in North, in North Carolina's right at 500. So, that should be interesting to see. Defensive rise, the Eds go to Miami. They only give up 60, 268 yards a game. North Carolina gives up 335 a game. That's a big difference. You can run on North Carolina. 
Miss Miami, since they love to run the ball, they should be able to do that. So just throwing that out there. You have Tyler Van Dyke going against Drake May. Van Dyke has thrown for 1,330 yards so far with 12 touchdowns before in the substance. Drake May, who is projected to be either the first or second pick behind Caleb Williams for the upcoming NFL draft. He had he is at 1,629 yards passing through the air with eight touchdowns and four interceptions. Let's see how Mario Cristobal has his boys ready for this one after they've been humiliated all week for the dumbest decision on God's green earth that you can make in football against Matt Brown and the, you know, undefeated 12 ring Tar Heels of North Carolina. North Carolina, we will see. Why do I pick in our final segment? But this one's going to be a good one in Chapel Hill. The U, UNC, who's going down? From Chapel Hill to Corvallis, Oregon. Back to the Pac-12. Told you the Pac-12 got the spotlight. UCLA traveling to Corvallis to take on the Oregon Ducks in a top 20 showdown of the Pac-12. 18 versus 15. Four and one is the Bruins. Five and one are the Beavers. You know, UCLA coming off that big win of a third of a then 13 rank Washington State after losing 14 to 7 to Utah. Oregon State, on the other hand, they took an L 38 to 35 to Washington State. They beat Utah 21 to 7. And they when it was in the shootout last week with Kyle 52 to 40. This should be a fun game. This should be a high scoring game. Um, the over-under is 54 and a half. So do you can you see both teams scoring 55 together? I can. Uh, Oregon State's favorite by three and a half. ESPN says 69.6% in favor of the Beavers. This should be a four-month to watch. Chip Kelly's offense going against that Beavers defense. DJ Uangale, the quarterback for Oregon State, going against the UCF Bullens defense. It should be fun to watch here. Both teams averaging about 150 yards a game with UCLA is over that at 50 at 459 yards a game. The Beavers at 449 a game. This should be a shootout here down in Corvallis and primetime, 8 o'clock on Fox. Don't miss that one. It's going to be a shootout in Corvallis. Ooh, ooh, ooh. The Pat 12 is on. And speaking of the Pat 12, just speaking of the Pat 12. Game of the week. I've been waiting for this one. I've been waiting for this one for a year. 3.30. ABC College Game Day is there. Seattle, Washington. Top 10 showdown in the Pac-12. Two teams that are undefeated. We're talking the Oregon Ducks. We're talking the Washington State Huskies. It is a show that I have been waiting for for a year because it was the Washington Huskies who ended my Oregon Ducks Pac-12 hopes when they went to Eugene, Oregon, and they upset the Oregon Ducks in Eugene. Michael Pitson Jr. was was unstoppable that game, and he's unstoppable now through this game. This game as all is this game means a lot. There are only three undefeated teams left in the Pac-12. One will go down because both of these teams are undefeated. 
Or as of right now, and I'm telling you the standards of the Pac-12 right now. Number one is the University of Southern California, 6-0 overall, 4-0 in the Pac-12. Number two is the Oregon Ducks, 5-0 overall, 2-0 in the Pac-12, followed by the Washington Huskies, 5-0 overall, 2-0 in Pac-12. And then right behind you have Oregon State, Utah, UCLA, Washington State. I've been writing on this game. And I and it made me wait even more because what Dan Laney did pregame ahead of the Colorado game. They play for clicks. We play for wins. So Dan Laney. This is the game. This team ended Joe ended Joe Pat twelve right here. And both of y'all are going to the Big Ten next year. So which one of y'all want to head to the Big Ten with a major win of the other one? Okay. Cause uh let me let me show y'all this again. I showed y'all who I picked to win the uh Big 12, right? Take a look to see who I had winning the Pac 12. That's right. I picked Oregon. I went Oregon. Yeah, I went with Oregon. No question about it. So Dan Laney. Do not F around and lose this game and see how I won. Because I will come with fire next week. Because I will be pissed off and I will be mad. Because I paid Oregon to win. You bring that energy that you brought to Colorado. You bring it to Seattle with you. You want to go at Deion Sanders? Go at this team. Go at the team that beat you. Go at the team that beat your ass at home. Go at that team. You bring that energy to Washington Saturday in a primetime slot, 3.30 on ABC. The world is watching. All the world is watching this one. Dan if you lose to the Seattle Huskies tomorrow, I'm going to be very pissed off. Because we play for wins, right? You better, so better win this one. And I ain't playing. Get it done. And by the way, y'all, I'm giving y'all my pick on that one because that's how passionate I am about this game. Then that brings us to our extra point event, vote, ladies and gentlemen. Had a lot of votes in this one. A whole lot of votes in this one. I ain't know which way this is going to go. But, ladies and gentlemen, y'all went the route of the SEC. So, we go to Knoxville, Tennessee, 330 CBS, right alongside the Pac-12 game of the week. Texas A&M come out the loss to Alabama, going against 20 of ranked volunteers of Tennessee, who are coming off by a week. Let's see how A&M bounced back from, from the loss to Alabama, and let's see how Tennessee looks after their bye week in this one. Should be an interesting game. CBS got them a good one for the SEC. Let's see how it goes on that one. Quick break. Come back. We're going to do the well, first thing we do this. That's the end. Quick break. Come back. Give you my piece and we're out of here. The Playmaking Spot is sponsored by Lids. Locker rooms by Lids. Shop hats and official sports gear at Lids. Lids, the leading and number one destination for hats, gears, and everything that moves you. Make it a perfect shop for fans to find official sports hats, merchandise, and gears. Represent your team, your town, and your style with a snap hat, adjustable, fitted hat, or beanie from thousands of college and professional teams. Browse the very latest jerseys and t-shirts for the best teams out there. Liz has officially licensed professional and color sports teams apparel and hats featuring the hottest brands and trends. Shop online or visit 
one of the 100 stores across the country. Lockham by Lids. And for the Bear Down Pits, give me the Wisconsin Battles to defend the home turf against the Iowa Hawkeyes, even though Irish is should find a way to win this game because they have been the better team in the big team for quite some time. But give me the give me the badges to take care of home field and get the big W to take control of the Big Ten West. As of right now. Give me the Kentucky Wildcats to bounce back from that embarrassing loss to the Georgia Bulldogs. They come home, they punch Missouri in their mouth, and they send them as like, hey. What happened to us against Georgia is not normally us, okay? We're better than that, and we're going to show you we're better than that. March twos, but not lose two in a row, especially at home. Give me the noted and fighting Irish. I'm going fighting Irish over the Trojans of USC. Notre Dame does no better time to beat this team of Southern Cal than right now. You're at home going against a porous defense, okay? Caleb Williams and that offer, they're going to get theirs. But you just need to stop Caleb Williams at least one or two times. Just one or two times to stop them, and you bring that physicality to that damn defense. Let it be known that we are more physical than you, and you can't handle it, especially in our house, in prime time, in South Bend. Let it be known. And a bit as Marcus Famous, get your first big win of your coaching career by taking down number 10, USC. Give me the Tar Heels, man. Give me the Tar Heels. I can't. Hmm. Marcus Ball pissed me off with that damn play call. Pissed off. You lost to Georgia Tech. Give me North Carolina. Give me the Beavers to defend home turf. I'm taking the Beavers. Leave it to Beaver. Sorry, Tip Kelly. You're on the road. You went Corvallis as a primetime game. Corvallis at night is not an easy place to play at. I think DJ Ungale in that in that Beavers offense will put up points. Don't get me wrong, UCLA they'll try to put up some points, but I think Corvallis will be uh, uh not so good to the Bruins of UCLA. I like the Beavers in this one for the game of the week. Again, you already know who I'm picking. I'm picking the Ducks. Don't don't lose this game, Dan Lane. Don't lose this game because I will bring back that clip that you did against Colorado for for prime time. And, and show you why that uh, you saying that she shouldn't have said it. You shouldn't even had to tape, but you did. You wanted to record it. You wanted the world to see. So since you want to do that, you your ass better be on fire for this game. All right, do not lose to to Washington. Don't lose. And then our fan asked the point vote. You gave me Texas A&M. You gave me Knox. You gave me Tennessee down at Knoxville. Give me the Tennessee. Bounce back by week. And get themselves together and uh, let Jimbo Fish and them boys know you're not coming to Nashville and winning against us. This is not going to happen, all right? All right? So, I got the Wisconsin Badgers. Whew. Wisconsin Badgers. Man. I got the Kentucky Wildcats. I got the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. All right? I, I got to go Notre Dame. I have the Oregon State Beavers, okay? I have the Oregon Ducks. Okay, and I have the Tennessee Volunteers. Those are my bear down pick scissors for this week. Week seven is here. We are in the building. Thank you for tuning in. Those of you who are watched on X, formerly known as Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Don't worry, the playback of this will be available on all streaming platforms for podcasters for the audio version. 
Thank you for tuning in. This is the Playmaker Down the South. Son and all saying, I will catch y'all next week. You just experienced Bearing Down and Gridiron, hosted by Darnell the Playmaker Silence, in collaboration with Art Brothers Football. Bearing Down and Gridiron is sponsored by Liz Fanatics and Paramount Plus. If you enjoyed today's show and would like to make a donation, you can donate via Cash App at dollar sign D Playmakers at dollar sign D Playmakers. Remember, Bearing Down and Gridiron is available on all podcast directories, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. And for Apple Podcast lovers, leave us a rating review. Let us know what you enjoy about today's episode that you're listening to. Tune in again next time for more Bearing Down the Gridiron, hosted by The Playmate.